spread love. Hello, beautiful people, and welcome to POV with Kristen Gilmore, where I interview interesting people that you and I are getting to know together. This podcast was created to enlighten, enrich, and inform. Hello, beautiful people. And thank you for tuning in to another episode of POV with Kristen Gilmore, where I interview people I am meeting for the first time, actually kind of the second, because we do have a conversation before I meet you all, before I introduce my guest to you all for the whole purposes of making everyone comfortable. Because just in case you all didn't know a little something about me, I get a little nervous sometimes. I do. Well, the guest today has totally calmed my nerves. Her name is Corinne. Hello, Corinne. Hello. Am, am I pronouncing your name correctly? That's correct. <laughs> Hallelujah. Because I just thought about it and I was like, Kristen, you could totally be butchering her name. <laughs> <laughs> no, you got it. I was very pleased to hear. <laughs> A Thank lot you. of times I get Corinne and Karen somehow, but you know, thank you. You're welcome. I'm so grateful that worked out. It does not always. (laughs) It's true. Well, Corinne, thank you for joining us today. Thank you so much. The reason why you're here is because a mutual friend of ours told me that you were a person who was interesting and fascinating. Wow. That is very kind. I didn't, yeah. What can I say? I mean, it must be true. And um, I appreciate it. I know that everybody has a story. Everybody has a journey. um, And I think that that holds true. So I'm just grateful to have you. Thank you. I'm grateful to be here. You're welcome. So if you could, please, Corinne, tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah. So I was born in Denver, Colorado, and I grew up in Buffalo, New York, I'm an actor and I am a third year acting major in college at SUNY Purchase. Um, My parents are inspiring creatives who have just found the flow of like their careers through their life, but like they just made my childhood so magical. I feel like that is such a big part of who I am and the family dynamic is just something that is integral to me and to where I'm going to be maybe tomorrow, maybe in 10 years. So yeah, that's a little bit about me. That's pretty wonderful that your parents have had such a great influence on your life. And you said they made your life pretty magical. Tell me about that. Yeah. I, have a little sister who is only one year younger than me. So we're basically the same age, but um, my mom has a really big family on her side. And so I was always surrounded by children and people who love children and people who want to play. And we never had to work like as kids, we never really had to worry about anything. I, you know, it, it's not like we had a lot, but but it wasn't even something that ever crossed my mind. And they have always supported anything that we ever wanted to do, my sister and I. And so it, it just, just supporting the creativity, the imagination, I just feel really lucky to have had that. That's a 
true breath of fresh air because that's not an experience that a lot of people have had, though it's one that should be popular. Um, I think that's absolutely wonder, wonderful. It makes me wonder if your parents had that experience from their parents or if they just decided to make sure you all had that. You know what's interesting? I, I know my dad had a rough go of it, but he, he experienced some homelessness throughout his young teenage life and, and not a very steady home life. But he used humor to get him through. And he was always like the class clown, you know, that kind of person. And so that is how his magic works. That's how he gets through. And my mom was surrounded. She was the youngest of six kids. And her dad was an educator as well. And her mom, my grandmother, she is just the most imaginative person ever it just like play is always present or was always present and it's just the kindness she volunteered she was like a career volunteer you know everywhere everywhere they lived so I think that was really instilled in my mom and my dad kind of found that for himself which was really beautiful that's really wonderful Mm -hmm. That's really wonderful that that has been their experience and for your dad to be able to overcome what he came through and mm-hmm. figure out a way to find joy and then not bring that into his his, pres- his present life with his children. Yeah. And that's, I think, yeah, that's a very important value to him. Although, like, of course, everyone struggles, you know, life happens to everyone, but I just like seeing them both try to make that childhood those core memories just very strong and bright and beautiful and just like looking back now even just right now like maybe I don't know if this is something I've ever said out loud before but it's just like reflecting right now I'm I'm just really thinking about how amazing they did like they nailed the whole parenting thing so <laughs> you know it's that's a parent's dream to hear because oftentimes you know, parents put in years and years, you know, decades of work, and sometimes they get the accolades they deserve later on if they do it right or the to the best of their abilities. There's no right. There's just you doing the best you can with what you have. And sometimes they get to hear their children say, wow, I now see why my parents made me do this or, you know, pushed hard for me to finish that or, you know, continue to repeat the same thing over and over again until it landed. And so for you to be in your, are you in your twenties? Yeah, I'm 20. (laughs) Oh, for you to be 20 and to be able to have that perspective right now, I can tell you it didn't, it didn't come for me until possibly my mid twenties to late twenties. So I think that's wonderful. Yeah. And I think a lot of it has to do with the past year we had had, like even just the past how many months has it been since March 10? Man. Oh, you know the exact date, huh? Um, wow. <laughs> yeah, it's we're almost we're in January, so we're two months away, 10. Mm-hmm. I guess the so. last 10 months. What in the last 10 months ha- gave you some sense of, I don't know, what did you have an aha moment for yourself in during the whole COVID and lockdown and you know everything we've experienced together as a world, as a society? Yeah. 
I mean, in the beginning, it was like, I was just really angry that all this was happening and that people were dying. And it just, and that like life as we knew it was just like very much not there anymore. And that was just, we had to accept. I was very angry about that. But then both of my grandparents passed away and within two months of each other over the summer and they were very like they helped raise me and my sister as well and so we were very close and I think that like hearing my mom reflect on like her relationships with both of them really has made me think about my relationships with my parents and really value that and every moment you know thinking about every moment and so I think really the moment was after my granddad passed my grandma like just deteriorated I think she died of a broken heart you know she had cancer but it just like went right downhill and I I believe that and so there was a week where she was sedated and couldn't talk and was basically asleep, but I, you know, she's listening. Um, and everyone that was there, like the whole big family came in. It is a miracle that no one got sick. And we like, we are very, very happy and grateful that no one did, but each of us went in one by one and had like 20 minutes alone with her just to talk to her and make our peace and like give her some peace and let her know that she can go if she wants to. And that was maybe one of the most important conversations that I've ever had. And I was just talking, but um, I know that probably sounds funny, but it just, it was like such a real goodbye. Like I had never experienced that before. And I think just a lot of life happened this year and so reflection comes with that. Like, how did I get here? Like what made me me? And I think 2020 gave me a, a firm footing in who I am and where I came from. So perhaps a series of aha moments is the right way to answer that. Yeah. I'm so sorry for your family's loss. I'm sorry for your loss and your grandparents. Yeah. Thank you. You're welcome. I'm glad you had the opportunity because that was a true gift mm -hmm. and the rest of your family to get to speak to your grandma and have that moment because closure is something that we sometimes have to give ourselves. It's true. We it's don't get it from the other person. Yeah, absolutely. And you know what's amazing? Hmm. The time between... Um, when my grandfather died and when she passed, she kept telling my mom and my cousin, you guys should really have a glass of wine right now. You guys really need a glass of wine right now. And of course, you know, that we would all just laugh, but there was one, the last day she was really holding on. And so like our go-to meal the past six months has been like BLTs. For some reason, that was it. And they are delicious. So mm -hmm. no problem with that. But so my mom had the idea of setting a table really nice out in like their apartment's living room. And we sat down, all had a glass of wine and ate BLTs. And once my uncle Tom had his last bite of BLT, my cousin who was sitting in there with her said, guys, I think you should come in now. And we all went into the room 
and she took her last breath and we were all there together. And it was like, we unlocked the code. We did what she wanted us to do. It was truly one of the most beautiful and heartbreaking moments of my life. Just, just watching her peacefully leave after we followed her orders, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So it, to me, what that's saying is she was saying celebrate. Yeah. I think you're right. Mm. Yeah. Don't cry. Yeah. So remember me with, with the same way you celebrate. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. powerful, Corinne. So it was, it felt it and still think I'm, yeah, still thinking about it. It may, it brings me joy though. It's not, it's not a sad memory, which. Yeah. Yeah. It's good. Yeah. You know, I, no matter how old you are when you, when, you know, no matter how old a person is when they pass, if they're, you know, less than a year old or if they're over 100 years old, mm-hmm you will still miss them. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and, and missing is a part of, it's a part of it um, because they meant something to you. Mm-hmm. You'll still miss them. So, you know, when people say, oh, but she lived a full life. Oh, 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 they're my loved one. Yeah. So you don't get to decide any of that. Yeah. Yeah. Oftentimes we're sharing we're not looking for someone to comfort. We're just sharing. And thank you for sharing that. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for the space. Absolutely. You're welcome. Let's get back to this amazingly um, magical childhood of yours. And tell me, can you think of one of your fondest childhood memories? That's a great question. Um, well, I have to say... It has to do with the family as well. Um, I only, I really only get to see my mom's side of the family, which is there's like 18 grandkids and then, you know, everybody else. And we all got together once a summer every year. And we went go to some cabin in the woods or some cabin on a lake or something. And all of us would just be able to play and every year we did dance videos. So we would pick a song and everyone would get like about 20 seconds of just dancing yeah. and whatever we were living at at that time. And it's just, watching them brings me right back. And it's just like, just laughing and playing and like imagining things consistently. And my cousins love to make like films and we were all about the same age. So when we were like, like seven through 11, we just, we just would make these silly little films that just spark joy for us and sparked our imagination. So yeah, I think that has to be it. What a beautiful story. I mean, you know, to be able to have like, I guess that family extended family vacation, um, And to have the footage to look back on and giggle. Uh, when you have big families like that, it's hard to get everybody together. But it seems like you come from a background where, sorry, Corinne, it was loud outside. Yeah. It seems like you come from a background where it was important 
to make sure everyone had a close-knit connection, no matter how many of you all there were. And uh, that's a gift. It truly is. And of course it gets harder as like everyone gets older and like that's happened. That hasn't happened for a long time, but I feel like having that, yeah, bonding experience as a child with those family members just like really will stick you together through anything. So, yeah. That's pretty awesome. Mm -hmm. Have you been able to um, lean on any of those moments, maybe in your childhood that have given you a strong foundation throughout last school semester to where we are now? Yeah, I mean, doing acting school on Zoom, (laughs) it just requires a lot of commitment and imagination because you're just so far away from people that you saw every day, you know, for eight hours a day. And you're not, you're in a room alone now. You're not in the room with other people. So yeah, I think, I think that playing and that imaginative um, trait I've been grateful to have instilled in me uh, has really come in handy with working on computers all day long and trying to create some semblance of a story, you know, and some reality in this world we're living in. Tell me this, having to do Zoom classes in acting, have you found yourself able to be more vulnerable or have you found it harder to search and to find for those places to go? Mm. See, there are moments when I feel like, I f- okay, I feel like this is really good on camera training because it's so close and you can, but like I find myself sometimes in class, like reaching to connect with my peers, you know, through the screen. So I won't be, there will be kind of a front because I'm not truly where I am right now, which is hundreds of miles away from everyone, you know, but other times when I really allow like the reality to set in and I am alone in my space, I I do feel like I have unlocked a new level of vulnerability in front of people, even if that's virtually, which is exciting. So yeah, that is exciting. That's really great. Cause I could, I can see both sides just for myself. I too am a, am a performer. So I could see how, wow, I could be more vulnerable because I'm not as judgmental. Mm-hmm. And then on the other side, I can look and see, man, it's a stretch today. Cause I, there really isn't anybody here to play with. Right. Right. Absolutely. I can understand that. Well, what has been one of the best lessons you've learned in life thus far? Mm. I think it just has to be, be kind always, no matter what, be kind. Because, you know, you never know what's going on in someone's life. And... I've always loved listening to other people. And so that is, is just like an easy lesson for me to learn. And sometimes I have to swallow it when I have my own stuff going on, but be kind always is like just something that I hold on to very deeply because everyone has a story. So, yeah. I think those are great words. 
those are great words and I agree with you. What has been one of your greatest challenges or struggles in life thus far? I mean, you're 20. Mm -hmm. So up until this point, what have you, Mm -hmm. what hits for you when I say that? I think it would have to be finding my voice. I think that there are situational circumstances that would be challenging for anybody, but um, they're all things I've overcome, you know, but I think that finding my voice is one of the hardest things I've had to do. I went to high school at a performing arts high school in Buffalo, which I thought was going to be like LaGuardia, but it, it doesn't get the funding it needs. It doesn't have the resources it needs. You know, it's, it isn't what it wants to be either. So, but with that being said, all the students there created um, an environment of play and work and just fun. So we, we made it what we needed it to be, but, um, the school is uh, populated with predominantly people of color and I am white if you can't from my voice. Um, and I went to a predominantly white school for middle school um, where I never really felt like I fit in. It was an academic school. Um, and so I wanted to go to the art school. And so when I went to the art school, I genuinely had a culture shock and it was in the best way possible you know um and so that was a challenge I had to overcome because I wanted to fit in so bad but here I was like I wanted to be so cool and I wanted to be like friends with everybody and I you know I I made friends with everybody and I made some of my best life friends there um but I think the challenge was me losing who I was and trying to be friends with everyone at this school because I has I have so much respect for all the cultures I was exposed to and um, in that I feel like I lost a bit of like who I was because I was not down to be myself <laughs> in front of everyone and I didn't even really know what that even meant I thought I was being myself but I think that I did lose a little part of myself in that just because of my own internal biases that I didn't even know were there. You know, I, I wanted to be a great student. I wanted to be a great artist. I want, you know, I wanted to go to a great college. Um, and so I was really quiet and because that's what teachers that's when teachers rewarded me is when I was really quiet. Um, and I did all my work on time and, you know, where, where am I going with this? I would like to know. <laughs> um, but I think that a big part of it was just finding my voice in college too, because I was bringing that like, I'm quiet. Teachers are rewarding me when I'm quiet. So I should just be like sweet and quiet. And I'm like, 
then when I got to college in the conservatory, teachers are like, do you ever talk? <laughs> like, do you have a personality? And I'm like, oh no, what did I do? And so a lot of that, the past couple years have just been like me breaking through the shell that I've created for myself because I was never a quiet girl as a child. I was never timid or sweet or anything. But um, I developed that as a form of like, oh, this is my place in this space that maybe I'm not sure where I fit in. And high school is hard, period. But um, yeah, so just kind of finding my voice and breaking out of the walls I've, of my own making. I think that's great to realize that that's something that was challenging uh, for you and finding your voice where... I mean, Corinne, to be so young and to even know that that's a journey that you're approaching or trying to figure out, navigate, that's, that places you ahead of, the, ahead of the ball. There's a lot of us who are finding that later on in life and still working on it, still trying to conquer our place in the world. I think it's fascinating on the other hand, and I love uh, your culture shock from middle school in a predominantly white school, in high school in a predominantly minority um, or a multicultural school. I really appreciate that because you got to have an experience that a lot of people don't. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And what, I'm sorry, go ahead. Go on. No, 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 go on. I was going to say, what did you realize were... Uh, some similarities in people, because oftentimes, you know, we get classified based off of race versus person. Right. And um, you finding your voice and who you were, I don't know if it had something to do with your surroundings or if it had everything to do with you. True. You know, so what did you find um, in that, that, oh, people are just the same or people are, totally different and it and, and some of it is race related or you know related to a uh, background what did anything does anything stand out for you when I asked that question I think that it was always ingrained in me that you know everyone around me is a human being that has human experiences all the time but um I don't know I think the shock was just mostly that I'm sure people of color experience all the time. Um, like I, I have had a different upbringing, not upbringing, but like I've been surrounded by different environments than my peers. And I think that is a beautiful thing because I have learned so much and I'm so grateful and people are the same. All people are the same. And I guess I don't really know what to say to this question because because it's just like kind of like a constant um, thing in my brain. Just, I, I guess I'd never really thought about it. Maybe I just have to think about this question more. Christine. Sure, absolutely. <laughs> and you know what I think um, for me personally, and there's no right or wrong to an experience because it's yours, you know? Mm -hmm. um, to me, I grew up in the South and I grew up in a predominantly white neighborhood and school system. So 
in my classrooms, there were probably, I mean, two, maybe two black children, not hardly any Asian. Mm -hmm. I seldomly remember any um, Spanish um, people. Uh, They were there, but not not a high population minority, probably about 10%, maybe less. Mm -hmm. So that was how I was, how I grew up. So it was, I was always looking for myself mm-hmm. in um, elementary school, middle school. There was a little bit more of us. And then mm-hmm. around high school, high school was cliquish. So you could decide more so who you wanted to be friends with or who you wanted to hang out with. And still we were all together. It was, you know, it, it, it was kind of a beautiful thing, but I will say I didn't get the most exposure to different cultures and uh, nationalities and languages until I moved to New York. Mm. And for me, that was an eye-opening experience that people are people. Mm. And I say that because suddenly I realized that when the world stops in New York City, everybody's affected. Mm-hmm. doesn't matter how much money you have unless you have unless you're a top five percenter and you can fly on your jet out of here mm-hmm. besides that when 9-11 happened it hit all of us you know COVID it's hitting all of us it's hitting everybody everyone differently but you know from the bottom to the top regardless of your skin tone um, or where you come from we're all being affected with death with loss of friendships with marital problems, um, every, you know, it's all hitting us and, and all in different kind of ways. But I say that sometimes we get an experience where we're like, oh, I'm at the great equalizer. Mm-hmm. And I will say, you know, that that's what I've experienced. Um, now, had I gone to an HBCU, which is a historically black university from like middle school, and then high school being what it was, still a minority, and then college being like, whoa, I am, all I see is me. I would probably have a different perspective of the world, and I'd probably have a little more self-esteem. Mm. Uh, just because then I would get to see the, the multifaceted layers of people who look like me. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, I think the great thing is that you've been able to interact with both groups and your in my mind, I don't know if this is true, your vision of people may have broadened because some people don't get to know other nationalities or races mm-hmm. until they move to a city. Right. That's true. Yeah. No, I definitely feel really grateful to have experienced so many different kinds of people. And you were saying the great equalizer is is um, something that awakened you to people are people. And I think high school is one of the great equalizers, just the whole thing. So um, yeah, yeah, I feel really grateful for that experience. I think, yeah. I think that's wonderful. From a, the perspective, what is your generation? Are you Generation X? I'm Gen Z. Gen Z. Yeah. I know nothing about <laughs> Gen Z. Can you tell me if you know something about Gen Z, how would you describe yourself in that group of people and what you all stand for? Gen Z. Well, really, I only know from social media. I feel like that is, besides like my peers, 
Um, it seems like Gen Z is watching and taking notes and showing up because at a lot of the protests this summer for BLM, um, Black Lives Matter, it was a lot of people my age and then a lot of people not my age too. And it was a really beautiful amalgamation of just a, a lot of different people coming together in support and in protest. And it was amazing. But um, I do think that my generation, we're all addicted to our phones. That is, we've had them since we can remember, you know, I was born in 2000 and my mom had like a Blackberry or something like that, you know, um, but, but we're learning to use our phones as a tool and as a way to connect. I mean, like the things that people can do over TikTok, you know, the things yeah. that can be created are so amazing. And just that connection to the world. I think that that's what Gen Z is working on right now, but we're definitely taking notes. <laughs> yeah. We're yeah, we're learning. So. What do you think your contribution is going to be to this world? I'm working on figuring out how I can be an effective artist activist and whatever that means, you know, like I... I, need, I want to be able to speak up. I want to have the confidence to speak up if I ever see anything or if I ever experience anything, then I get that gut twinge that's like, oh, that was absolutely not okay, you know, or was that, did that just happen? And that is something that I'm working on because like, uh, my sister is such an amazing voice she's just so amazing anytime something happens that's a little off she'll be like well actually and she stays perfectly calm and she says the facts and she does it so I'm taking notes from her but I think that um I think I can be an organizer and I feel like like in, in a lot along with being an artist I think that if I happen to have a platform I'm working on building a platform, hopefully, <laughs> and that will be a good place for me to start working on activism as well. This summer, I looked into law school and just because I was feeling really inspired, but also very helpless, like, what can I do? Like, how, like, exactly, like, what is my role in this? How can I actually be effectively making change? And um, so I looked into what law school would look like, but I just don't think that is my path. I don't think that's for me. I wanted to be an actor as long as I can remember. And I feel really grateful that I know what I want to do. Um, but yeah, so, so I'm going to work on being an actor and make sure that I'm bringing everybody up with me and learning as much as I can all the time. First, but you're gonna do it. Thank you. I'm gonna do it. Yeah. Gonna do it. <laughs> yeah. There's power in your words, and yeah. I have a feeling like you're a doer. So yeah. that's gonna happen. Way to go. Way to go for that. An artist activist. Absolutely. Absolutely. 
If there was one thing you'd want people to take away from meeting you, what would that be? Um, I feel like this might be weird to say, but I'm going to say it anyway. But I, I would like them to take away that um, listening. Like, I, I really love to listen and I really love to give people that space. And I just, that's why I love this podcast so much too, because it really is just that space. But I think that if everyone just gave more people that space to listen and be heard, um, we really could change some stuff up in here. Like we could really make some real strides in humanity and so I try to give that to people when I meet them and when I'm just with them and present with them so that maybe maybe they're like oh wow that felt good like I feel pretty cool like I feel good after that and maybe they'll like be like hmm why did that feel good and maybe it was because there was space for me to talk and maybe you know just um just creating those safe spaces everywhere. So maybe people will feel that after meeting me, hopefully that is my goal just to make space and maybe people will carry that with them. Corinne, what a beautiful, beautiful statement to listen. Mm -hmm. And you're right. Oftentimes we spend our lives saying the same thing over and over again, waiting for the person we're saying it to, to hear us. And then sometimes we have to realize that we've said it enough. Right. Mm. Thank you. That was so beautiful. That was really, really beautifully put. Thanks, Kristen. You're welcome. I've got one last question for you. Okay, lay it on me. <laughs> What brings you your greatest joy? Have you seen the movie Soul? Oh my gosh, you just gave me God bumps. Let me tell you why. <laughs> I saw it. Um, yes, I have seen it. I saw it uh, about two weeks ago, but I am supposed to watch it again today with my husband. So yes, please tell, please tell me. So I've seen it twice as well too now. And I feel like it put it perfectly. And not a, it's okay. So life is not about just your one purpose. It's not about the big joyous moments, but um, the little moments in between. And I think my, my biggest joys are my morning coffee when there's like a nice sunrise, you know, having that little eye contact with a stranger and and I just find joy in all all of the little moments and I feel like they move me too to reflect on so I think yeah my biggest joy is all the little the little moments the shared laughs the you know whatever it may be that's it yeah yeah mm -hmm. I, I think 2020 made me feel like all the blessings 
you know, how they say all the blessings, big and small. But for me, they're all big and big. The small ones are big. Yeah. And huge. Absolutely. Yeah. I like that. My morning coffee with the sunrise. Yeah. It's the little things and the joy they bring. Said India Ari. I agree. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Corinne, if people wanted to find out more about you, how could they do that? Well, I have an Instagram and um, I post all the work that I'm doing on my story. And you can check that out at Corinne McLaughlin on Instagram. And so far, that's all that I got going on. But um, yeah, feel free to check it out. Absolutely. Are there any dashes, periods, anything? Nope, just straight across. Awesome. For those listening, when you see this, when this podcast comes up and it's made available, it goes live, I will make sure I spell Corinne's name, her full name, correctly. So you can just tap on the link and you can easily locate her. Corinne, I have to say. (laughs) Thank you. you. This was wonderful, really. This was great talking to you today. Same here, Corinne. You've been a gift. You are a light and you are absolutely interesting and fascinating. Thank you. You're welcome. I can't wait to see all the things that you do and offer and everything that's attached to your name. You'll get it. Thank you. You're welcome. Well, beautiful people, guess what? You've just heard another episode of POV with Kristen Gilmore. And I'm so grateful for this guest, Corinne. I pray that you take away some words of wisdom, some gifts to give your own children or those that you love when it comes to giving them a magical childhood or relationships or support. Because when you do that, people thrive. They just don't survive. Thank you for listening. And I'll catch you next time. Bye. Thank you for joining us for another episode of POV with Kristen Gilmore. See you next time. Bye. Ha. Ooh. Ha.